I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's 2016, but of course you already know that because you're smart and you're listening to Text Message. I'm Nate Langson. And I'm Ian Morris. And we are back from what was a fairly unplanned little Christmas hiatus. A little... (sighs) festival winterval uh hiatus there um but uh, ian it's it's good to be back in your presence oh thank you it's very kind and, and and likewise i do miss it when we're not together the beatles once sang all you need is love uh, but of course having a fridge is helpful um since you cannot cool meat with love alone ian <laughs> very true i mean it, that i've never heard anyone say that before like so many of the things that you say. We are talking about refrigerator tech. Now, this is something that crops up at CES every year, like a cold and a hangover. But this year, Ian has actually placed it at the top of his document of key takeaways that he has seen in person. I, Ian, I, us- tweeted, I tweeted that I applauded so hard when the Samsung fridge came on stage that I hurt myself. It's actually true. Um, it was a semi-satirical applause, but I, it is actually pretty amazing, this fridge. All right, let's start at the let's start at the top. Which company? What's the product? Why is it interesting? Samsung's got a TV with a massive fridge in the front. Uh, no, hold on. <laughs> Samsung's got a t- <laughs> I'm as bad as you. <laughs> Samsung's got a fridge with a massive TV in the front. 21 inches. 21 and a half inches I hear. It's not for no reason, but I mean I'm I'm sure that Nate will you'll be able to pick apart the reasons and declare them as pointless, but um, you can watch TV on the thing. Um, it's got apps. It's got calendar. Um, you know, it, the whole thing is just aimed at making your fridge almost the center of your um, home, maybe. I mean, uh, I think people do some people, maybe not British people, do spend quite a lot of time in the kitchen. Um, I think the Americans maybe perhaps center their lives a bit more in the kitchen and have a, a communal area there. Uh, certainly, that's what TV would lead me to believe. And so this fridge is intended to leverage that and, and give you a, a place where friends and family can gather and uh, talk about how much you wasted on your fridge. Yes. And moving aside from the obvious willy-waving of having a fridge with a telly on it, it's a vert- it's a portrait orientation screen like a, a mobile phone and it runs Android, I believe. Or it might be Tizen, actually. I, I think. Th- it, yes, that's I a good point, actually. Whatever the operating system is that it runs, because I have seen a few of these, it's essentially a massive phone screen on the front. And you can use it, as, as Samsung has shown in its promotional videos and on, on stage, that this is a great way of ordering groceries. And we've talked a lot about the Internet of Things future of dreams, which is where your fridge will order you new cheese or whatever it is that you're eating for dinner. And this is a little step away from that. It's saying you still have to do the ordering, but at least you can do it on your fridge. Yes, I mean, and I can actually see some value to that. Um, well, as a man with an empty fridge right now, yes, because it would be good for me to to sort of, um, you know, look at the fridge, say, ah, oh, right, well, I haven't got anything at all. So I'll um, pull out my phone where my <laughs> Tesco or Waitrose or whatever app or takeaway app is and order it. Yes, I mean, that does slightly defeat the point, doesn't it? Because what I want to do, obviously, is I want to 
to have a thing on the fridge. I, I open the fridge, I discover I'm clean out of cheese, I shut the fridge, I tap the screen, I press cheese plus one, and then it orders, you know, adds it to my shopping basket on my choice of delivery service. But of course, that's not what they're advertising, is it? They're advertising, no. you know, an app. But we um, are in an era where these devices are being replaced on a fairly regular basis. Um, that is to say, devices that have app stores and things on it. Fridges, generally, they, they last like a decade. Like you go a, many years without replacing your yeah. fridge. And it feels to me that this is not the place to put this kind of stuff when all the developments and all the intellect is going into phones and and the phone is kind of your your mind away from your mind and why would you want to why would you go to a thing like the whole point of the the joy of mobile and, and portable technology is that you don't have to go to the thing to interact with the thing well that is what they're saying isn't it they are saying that you, the cameras will take a photograph of what's in your fridge every time you open it so that you'll be able to go to your thing without being at the thing and then check what things you need to buy to fill the thing now you're getting to my point because you've just you've slightly leapt ahead oh so I'm, I'm terribly sorry where i was driving this argument because that's the bit of this fridge and these uh fridges or fry if you will <laughs> no <laughs> well it's also connected to food you fry food i thought it was a bit of a you know foodal punnage there um the thing is the great idea here surely is being able to be on the way home from work and think what have i got in the fridge like that's a question that people often think they're leaving work and thinking i'm eating at home what's in the fridge right now what have i got and there are a few things there are a few trains of thought that i think most people will go down with that firstly what are the food items that they've got in you know what what is there that may constitute a meal the second thing is are they all in date because busy people do have food that goes out of date and the third thing is what can i do with that so surely a great use of this app and this technology and this specific fridge with these cameras in is perhaps knowing what that food is, you can basically tunnel into your fridge from a distance, see what you've got in, see what's still in date, and then maybe even be given suggested things to make with the items you have in your fridge. Yes. And that feels like a great use of the technology. You don't necessarily need what looks like a giant selling point on the front of the fridge, which is the big screen for ordering groceries. That seems like just a, a bit of a willy-waving thing. Yeah, yes. and I, But I mean, I also I think we're some distance away from having what you're asking there. I mean, you know, like it, it, I think it's get quite complicated and I can see what they're going at. Yeah. Um, and Samsung's whole home strategy is quite sort of clever. They're, they're one of the more joined up in terms of, you know, pushing fridges and uh, you know, washing machines that can all communicate things. Um, whether those things are worth communicating... Hey, I, I was th- I, I was thinking actually. There are times when I'm out and I think, oh, I wonder if I should get eggs, and I'm I'm not sure if we've got eggs. Um, also, probably you shouldn't keep eggs in the fridge. So there's that. We well, see that. I mean, there's a great Siri. Do I have eggs in the fridge? Or yes. I won't say because I don't want to set people's phones off. But um, Aloha <laughs> Google, do I have eggs in the fridge? Would it be great if the app tied into that so that it will log in, it'll look at your phone, look at your fridge on the inside maybe even in a future internet of things where these products are packaged in smart packaging that will tell the fridge what they are and and when they were packaged and therefore whether or not they are edible or 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 whether they need replacing and say yes you do have eggs you've got three two of them are cracked but two of them aren't and they're in date looks like omelets for you um that would be a great use for something like this. I think we've talked enough about fridges, though, in yes. general, but I'm glad you brought it up. The other one I did want to mention, though, is just to talk about 
a fridge that LG launched, its signature line. And I'll let you talk about the bits that maybe you like about it. But the the, the two things that I took away, and, and these are all I can see, apart from the fact that it looks like a, a very nice fridge, mm. is that it has a door with a transparent pane on it, where if you knock it, it, sh- it lets you see into the fridge. Yes. And the other thing is that the door will open for you. <clears throat> now, I don't know, maybe I'm the, not the target market for this, but why would you not just open the door? Yes, I mean, I think that's a powerful argument there. I mean, I, that's not helping. That's not solving a problem. If you're close enough to the fridge that you can literally hit it and you have the power in your arm to knock on a fridge door, surely, by God, you have the power to open the door yourself. Well, here's the thing, right? By keeping the door shut, you keep the fridge at the right temperature so you don't disturb the innards. And uh, and temperature fluctuations might, you know, shorten the life of uh, food. Um, and also they use power. Um, but we're talking about the uh, seconds. I mean, if yes. you're eating food where being exposed to an open fridge door can contaminate your food, then by God, you need to change your diet. Well, and I don't want to sound like a, ref- a refrigerator hater here. Oh, Ooh. that's good. That was good. That wasn't, wasn't even <laughs> planned. But that is a stupid argument. Also, also um, the, the glass, which is dark, uh, and then you tap it and it goes light. Mm. Why not just have a regular piece of glass? Why indeed, mate? So, you know, you've got the best of both worlds. You don't have to tap it. Mm. You can always see into it mm. and you're not still not wasting any power. Um, but it does look cool. And ultimately, uh, fridges are usually quite horrible items. And these, both the Samsung and the LG, are both really beautiful fridges. So, you know, uh, but they're also going to cost thousands and thousands of pounds. And I don't know about you, but when I make the fridge decision buying, uh, I'm like, yeah, I can't really afford that. The only thing I can see really exciting about these fridges are the ones where they've got cameras inside and they're, they're networked and have an app that integrates with it because that opens up interaction with a fridge during the times you are not in front of the fridge which is generally when i'm thinking about using a fridge because i want to consult it for something and and that's great i think that's a step forward but more required please samsung before i part with my children's inheritance um to keep my eggs cool in your basket Right, let's talk about virtual reality, VR. Um, it's been on a bit of a PR um, mission over the CES period. Lots of companies bringing out VR. Oculus Rift went on sale, or rather it went on pre-order. It's going to cost about 500 quid in the UK and require a very powerful gaming rig. Mm. And it's going to start uh, shipping at the end of March and then be, a, uh, be available for general availability in April. We've been waiting for several years now for this product to go on sale and we are now finally in the year where it's going to but you picked out the htc vive vr i did which is not even a really new product because i've seen it many months ago if not a year ago yes that's true um the the thing explain yourself morris it has been updated this is the key point um they're working on it all the time um they've improved the quality of the visual experience the screens are better They've added in, they've changed the way the motion tracking works. They've finalized the design of everything now, I think. And they've improved the sensors, which um, which you mount in your lounge and are the, the key part of the Vive experience in that they allow you to move around your lounge without crashing into a wall. Um, but really for me, it was, it was the first time I'd seen it. 
um, it now it now sort of adds up to the amount that I have seen. I've seen Oculus, you know, I've seen Gear VR because obviously that's the easiest, simplest one. Um, and actually, Gear VR will always be my favourite for that exact reason because if you happen to have a compatible phone, it's a dream, uh, and you can get some really nice games on there. Uh, the only one I haven't seen is PlayStation VR, uh, but I'm a little bit worried about that because I think it's going to be very expensive. Uh, because you have to have a separate box, don't you? As well, as well as a PlayStation, you're going to need some sort of extra box, and I think that will add to the cost. Although nothing's been announced, mm. um, but Vive really impressed me uh, from for a number of reasons. I, I just think that they they seem to have absolutely nailed the user experience in terms of being able to move around your room. Um, I think that's really key. And I can think you, can that, you explain moving around your room a little bit? I can because obviously um, the what. What you don't get with most VR is the ability to uh, move through space. So you can move your head. Uh, that's easily done through motion tracking. Uh, but what you cannot do is stand up, take a step to the right, and do that in the VR world. Now, obviously, <laughs> there are limitations to all this. Uh, and the, but the demos are very well done. Um, and what Vive allows you to do is you plot out your room. Uh, and when you approach a wall or any other object you block out, it will warn you. And it does that in a very uh, a very clever way. It's very sympathetic to the VR environment. So it's not... Um, it's This is part of what they've done as well. They've added a camera to the front. But uh, what you get is a grid. So it's kind of like the holodeck. It's awesome. Um, and you get to the wall and this grid appears. And it means... And so you know, don't keep walking. There's a wall there. But what they've added in now is the ability to sort of mix in a camera to that. So you can actually see objects in the room. So you can see a chair. And one of the demos they gave me was to, um, he moved the chair. I couldn't see, obviously, because I had the VR headset on. Uh, he moved the chair and he said, oh, go over and sit in that chair. Now, that's VR and real life mixed. And you just think, well, I'm going to really make a fool of myself now. On, I'm going to sit in the middle of a room and there's going to be no chair there. Uh, but it worked perfectly. And it was uh, really easy to use. Uh, very simple interface. It's, it had, it's, it's been thought through. Um, and I think that's the advantage of having both Valve and HTC working on it. The hardware from Valve is very, very good. Uh, sorry, uh, HTC is very, very good. And the software is obviously will be very nice because Valve does that quite well. So, of course, you could argue about whether or not that kind of room VR thing is actually necessary, uh, but I think it's the most complete experience. How developers end up using it is going to be very interesting. Uh, there'll be a lot of very casual games that I think will be quite good fun. Um, Avoid the chair. Well, leap, well, leap over the chair. You know, things like they're, they're saying... Leapy chair. <laughs> yeah. They're saying things like you can, developers will be allowed to use that camera however they want. So you can, you could with Vive have a mix of what Microsoft's offering with uh, HoloLens. So you could have augmented reality um, with all this positional data being fed into it as well. So actually it would be sort of HoloLens, but arguably better, uh, which I thought was really interesting anyway. And, uh, and the camera just gives it a little extra nudge again. It's going to be horribly expensive, is my theory, but it is definitely technically the best, and I'm excited about it. Very. That's very interesting excited. because that summary at the end could have described the first iPhone. It's incredibly expensive, but arguably the best, yeah. and maybe you know really shapes how the industry evolves over the coming years. And I think you're onto something because although I didn't pick out the HTC Vive because I hadn't used it myself. It follows a trend that I did see Intel using. Now, Intel has been showing off something called the Ion VR, which is a mobile headset that, like you were describing, is able to see the world while you're seeing the virtual world 
in your helmet. And this is the, the kit that they're showing off. It's 3D printed. It's a little bit like a posh Google Cardboard or a, a Samsung Gear VR, where you have to slide a large smartphone in to form the screen that, that is, uh, is creating the VR experience. But on the back of this device, they're using, or other, you know, another device that's slotted in, it's using their real sense technology, which is a, 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 it's effectively a number of cameras that map out the room you're in in real time. So it can see as you move mm. objects that are coming in and out of your way um, that may or may not have been there when you started the VR experience, which um, is interesting. Now, they showed off how RealSense was helping drones fly. They actually did a demo on stage that I was, I was watching, and they had a drone that they'd acquired, well, a drone that they were doing uh, as a result of acquiring a, a German drone making company. And they had a camera on it and they'd set up this BMX track uh, on the stage. It was very um, elaborate for what was essentially a product demo. And as this BMXer was going through this virtual track, there was trees and this drone was just sort of following behind with the camera on it, filming the BMXer. And it was navigating its own way through the trees. They made a tree fall over and the camera, the, the, the drone was able to sense that and avoid the tree and keep filming the biker. And then as the biker got to the end of the run and went back, the, cap the drone followed it back the other direction. And, you know, all of this stuff was being seen and processed by the real sense technology and the drone and everything in real time. And I thought that was a really compelling use for that technology. It, allowed, it, it allows drones to be real companions in the world if you are in the business of filming yourself doing something. Mm. And obviously this narcissistic world of ours is obsessed with self-capturing. So that is great, and we'll come to drones in a bit, probably. But when you apply that technology, that real sense world viewing technology to VR, I think, well, that is incredibly smart. And it basically, without recapping what you just said, it allows these devices to delicately alert you as to when you're getting close to a wall or when something might be coming towards you that wasn't there. I don't know, maybe a car's coming through your window by mistake. You know, that's going to put a real dampener on your VR experience, probably by anybody's standards. So... These two technologies are effectively going after the same thing. They are taking a lot of what we've learned with augmented reality and they're applying it to the new trends we're seeing in virtual reality. In fact, you could probably call it augmented virtual reality, which, you know, AVR, that's probably a future acronym or something mm. for the, uh, these sorts of technologies. But it really seems to answer that question of how do you make sure that in the real world you're not posing a threat to yourself by getting far too immersed in your virtual world. And as you say, the comparison with something like the holodeck and in Star Trek, yes. which will be music to my girlfriend's ears, who's a big Star Trek fan, as am I, in fact. Like, I love, I love the idea of being able to share a virtual world like that. And it has always been a little bit of a concern to me. Like, when you are locked in that experience, how do you make sure that your actual body, which is still in the real world, even if your brain isn't, um, how does that interact and how does it... How do you interact with objects that are in IRL? Okay, mate, let's talk about... Well, let's talk about telepresence robots. I've seen a couple of these. Segway and Intel had one that they demonstrated as a robot butler. Uh, it was kind of like a... Without wanting to be particularly offensive, it was it was of the dwarf variety telepresence butler. It was sort of a, a, sort of a knee-high passerby type level wasn't it and 
they, it was a, like a little miniature segue with a giant tablet on the front with a, a face that could greet people at the door and then roll them into your kitchen because presumably you're busy ordering your dinner on your new Samsung fridge. Um, but there were a number of these and, and you've seen a few of them. Do you want to recap any specific interests that you had there? There's a company called Suitable Technologies and they have something called Beam Pro. Um, and their stand at CES was just very good. Uh, they had a lot of these little telepresence machines trundling around. Um, and they'd obviously asked uh, various people across the country to sort of dial in from home. And the advantage of this system, of course, is that you are, if you're on a normal computer at home, you can just use your webcam um, and, and just connect to one of these little telepresence robots. Um, and then you can control it, you trundle around, and this is what they were doing. And they were freaking everyone out. But the booth was kind of, had this amusing sort of dystopian feel to it where it was just, there didn't seem to be, there were some staff around, but they weren't obvious. But what there were were these little robots that trundled around. And if you went anywhere near them, they would start to talk to you. A little bit like um, a volunteer worker trying to get money for a charity in the street. Exactly. And this is um, the, scene, the, the scene here is just to sort of slightly interrupt you. Essentially, for anyone who hasn't got the mental picture yet of what this is like, imagine a Segway with a pole on yes. it. And at the top of the pole is, for want of a better ex- um, description, an iPad running Skype or FaceTime with someone's close-up face. Yeah. And the person whose face that is is somewhere else in the country and they're driving it around like a remote control car and talking to people and it's a booth full of them. Yeah, basically. And and you just, if you walked in there, you would get accosted by them. But it was it was both horrifying and also very entertaining. But the uh, the things that impressed me about it were just that it was it was the quality seemed very good. I'm I'm sure they put a lot of effort into it, but it wasn't sort of what I expected from that. It was it genuinely was the sort of thing where you would you'd think if you were at, if there was some reason and it would have to be a very specific reason to have one of these things they cost $16,000 the big wow. ones okay. so yeah they're not cheap uh, but if you needed one in your office for some reason say if you were based or if you I don't know maybe you were ill for a week and um and so you could just but you could still trundle around the office um it it would the quality was excellent you could sort of see the logic of having it it would still enable you to go and see people you could sit in on meetings it it would have value um but the quality was just so good and um and that was what impressed me i i sort of thought it would be a lot worse than it was um and the whole thing was hilarious uh, so as a geek it was just like this is kind of cool and they show up all the time on tv now as well and you always think oh i bet they're not really as good as that and actually they are they appeared in south park in a recent, yes. a recent episode a couple well, of years I'm, ago. I'm pretty sure one of these was in Big Bang Theory as well. Mm. Um, so, I, you know, I, it was just, it's, it's nice to see these things that are in fiction in real life and to see that actually they are every bit as good as they were pro- are portrayed in fiction. So that well, was kind of cool. I've, see, I've seen, I've been at a conference where somebody gave a talk via one of these things and it did seem a bit weird, but you do, I did forget after a while that I was watching someone give a talk on on this and i have i'm sure i've been at a conference where i've seen someone on one but it wasn't moving around um and oh, well, re- edward snowden did a ces Ed- keynote he did um, he did, from, he, on did one it, of these. he did it ted actually as well yeah so and, i mean it, for him it's ideal because well, he can't the, the leave other, russia so the other use i've seen for one of these was from somebody who had um extremely limited mobility and was was essentially paralyzed and he was able to to navigate to, to talk and 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 drive one of these things around, and he was also able to control the drone. 
um, at the same time and give a demonstration of a drone. I forget the gentleman's name because it only literally just occurred to me as we were talking. But um, but again, it used for people who are physically very limited in mobility. Well, I've just mobility. had a thought. What about if you put this with VR and you could sit at home, you know, you, you, if you've got limited mobility, you're, maybe you're, you know, confined to a wheelchair or something like that. You know, you could you could put on a VR headset and you could actually sort of be at the at, at the office, you would have a full working experience. I mean, God knows why anyone would want to have a full working experience in an office. I mean, you know, I've literally gone out of my way to avoid such things of late. Um, but if, you know, but if you want to be socially involved, if it's an important part of what you do for a living, then this is brilliant, isn't it? It takes that, you know, that it just gives you another option of yeah. a, a suite of tools that could be good. You know, I liked it. And VR, yeah. you could tie in quite nicely because when you look around, the, 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 you know, the device could move in, in sympathy with that. It's not going to take too long before the dating sites cotton onto these things and you get Tinder or something similar for this and you VR virtually meet and you see two of these things meeting in the street, going for a nice romantic <laughs> trundle down the Seine, um, pairing your Bluetooth tethers at the end of the <laughs> evening and uh, you know, waking up with a corrupted memory. <laughs> I said to this guy, do you, do, does anyone ever take me to a nightclub? And he said, yeah, they have actually done an event like that where they've just had loads of them in a nightclub or something. I, it just The whole thing just cracked me up from start mm. to finish. But hey, you know, the tech is clever and it works. So good luck to them. Yeah, and there's the company, the Chinese company Xiaomi, and uh, well, they, I think they've got a, 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 a subsidiary called Ninebot. And they're working with Segway and Intel to make these as well. So I think this is another area we're going to see a lot of development in. And I think that whether it's from ridiculous intercontinental dating rituals to helping the uh, people with limited mobility uh, communicate with other people or simply being so lazy like I was to go to CES this year. <laughs> you could send, just go in a yeah. Send a robot. Perhaps next year if you can't go to CES, perhaps you could ask them if you could uh, trundle around with one. Let's move on to, uh, I think, possibly our last little area we wanted to come to. Now, this is a little bit different for CES because, strictly speaking, this isn't a consumer electronic, but it is very much in the ballpark, and that is Netflix. Now, I wasn't expecting to see this on your list of highlights from the show, but you've actually put here, and I'm going to quote your little uh, summary here, Netflix was the best thing <laughs> from the show, in my yeah. opinion, launching in basically every country on Earth, bar the obvious ones, it's a smart move, and now Netflix is essentially the biggest entertainment network on earth. That's very cool. That's yeah. high. That's high praise, mate. Well, I tell you why. I, so, I mean, the fact that Netflix is going to show its programming in every country on earth isn't perhaps it. It doesn't sound that revolutionary. Um, aside from the logistics of that, and what was particularly cool about it was they launched it as the keynote was happening. Now. I wasn't going to go to the, the keynote, but I, as, as it turns out, I was asked to write about it at the last minute. So I trundled along um, and it was actually very cool. I mean, along with the usual stuff about how great Netflix is and, you know, what's coming up, they were, they were just, set, you know, they just suddenly said, oh, yeah, and by the way, we're launching in every country on Earth, bar th four or something. Um, and, uh, and you'll be able to get, you know, our unique programming plus a selection of local sh stuff. A lot of it will be at the, at the start will be in English. Uh, obviously, there'll be subtitles and stuff like that. But it, I think it's actually what's the, none of that really matters. What what is incredibly important about this is that that is now the biggest possible TV network you can have 
um, that gives not only Netflix, but anyone else who wants to sort of have their product on Netflix, this huge audience. Like if you say to Netflix, fine, pull that trigger and have the geographic location restrictions removed, you can launch your TV program anywhere. And I have a feeling that Netflix will in not very long be a lot more than just a sort of homegrown streaming platform. I, I suspect that they'll come a point where Netflix will become a platform for distribution for everyone else. And, um, you know, they could make a decent amount of money out of using their service. You know, they can bring in revenue if they want, or people can just put, you know, other kind of programming, probably not ad supported, but I think the potential is just colossal. Um, and they are now, they now reach more people than I can't think of any other service apart from perhaps YouTube that is able to reach more people in theory. I mean, obviously they have to be subscribers, which is a problem, but if you're looking for premium content that sort of isn't YouTube, um, then there's nothing bigger, is there? I, I have to agree almost entirely. And I would, I would add that one of the reasons I'm particularly interested in what Netflix is doing, both in terms of the availability that it's giving to the, the world um, for its content, but also the fact that it is investing. I mean, I, I look at Netflix, you know, multiple times a week, and I can barely keep up with the number of new Netflix originals that are cropping up on there. There are so many, and everyone talks about things like there's a new one called Making a Murderer that both my girlfriend yeah. and my brother have talked about over the last couple of days. You've got things like Orange is the New Black that, that gets talked about a lot. I saw someone in the hairdresser the other day watching that on a, a mobile device i thought you know this is they've really they've they've they're doing a lot right but for me the real benefit could come uh to, from netflix to the world of animation and anime like this is not really something that netflix has done a lot with yet but the i'm big i'm a big anime fan and animation out of out of japan and the market over there is very very challenging it's really really difficult it's um people are making uh very little money out of doing anime and it's a challenging industry and it's very difficult for it to gain audiences overseas because of anything from the problems with dubbing and the margins being too small to justify good dubbing and therefore you get a lot of knockoff stuff and the dubbing or the subtitling isn't very good quality there's a huge piracy market as a result of it not being legitimately made available and it does make me think that if there was a a a company that was able to fund a lot of these very well established studios that could make their money back by being globally available then they could open up their talents which are numerous uh, you know it, there's too many to even mention and that could do great things for the the asian animation market and in terms of making great content available not to mention the back catalog that already exists and a lot of that is on netflix but in terms of being able to commission new editions of older anime that simply just isn't financially viable to to recommission anymore there's there's a lot that could be done there and i think that netflix is as you say in an almost unique position to be able to do that by being both financially very stable at least we believe enough to make some of these programs and um and and with the audiences and the ability to very quickly dub and subtitle um to make all their content relevant around the world i mean that could do great things for an industry like 
Asian animation that Did, um, does Crunchyroll right does Crunchyroll not scratch that itch or is it just not it, good enough? It does scratch that itch and it does very well, but it's still limited. And it's yeah. and, and there are other ones. There there are you know Crunchyroll is is one of a number of services that that do this. And I'm not saying that the industry hasn't had a lot of help from those. I mean, Crunchyroll started life as a as an illegitimate service. Oh, did know, it? And it was and, and part of their sort of deal, if you like, with with the whoever was suing them at the time. This is going back quite a few years. Was to turn legit, and they did, and 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 they have a very compelling service, and they offer drama and movies, live action stuff as well as anime. Uh, cool. But they're not in a position to commission original no. content uh, to the scale and numbers that netflix is able to and that's where i think netflix could really succeed in yeah. in helping some of these studios go you know go big again because and also crucially one of the things that i found absolutely fascinating was they made a huge huge point about saying that the general public does not care about your rights deal they don't want to know if it's signed up with one distributor in territory y and another distributor in territory z all they want to do is legitimately pay a fair price for a, a fair service and that will get them off piracy and and, th- and that is so true and we all know that's true because i why would anyone pirate something that's on netflix as long as it's on netflix it's going to stay there for the foreseeable future i can give you one great example offline playback ah well yes and then that is an issue but um uh, let's assume let's just take that particular problem out of the equation probably the biggest problem the service has Yes, I no, I do agree. But if we just sort of focus on the fact that probably I would say ninety percent of my viewing isn't offline, probably even more than that. The only time I've come into it was when I was on an aeroplane, and I believe that that's going to go away as well because Netflix has already done a deal with Virgin America, and you can stream its service on its plane. So, given that that's probably going to happen, I suspect that Netflix really wants to stay away from offline playback. But I'm I, could, I do absolutely agree uh, but for the most part if you're sitting down in front of your tv you're online right mm. so I, I you know and i i just think that they've they sort of nailed that idea they they just want to get people films and tv and stuff and i think more and more they're going to want to make their own stuff because that's pr- probably where the money really is like not having to pay someone else for something and you know netflix's track record is pretty good and they haven't really produced that many duds and uh, same for amazon really yeah, uh, it's just uh, Amazon's business model is a lot worse because they insist on, you know, not supporting phones properly on unless you've got unless you've got an iPhone. Uh, if you've got an Android phone, it's a disaster. Well, this conversation around disasters in the streaming world could go on for a long time. So I'm going to I'm going to put an axe in the conversation there and um, say that it's been an interesting year for CES. You know, we've got a year where we're genuinely excited about certain refrigerators VR is now officially a thing people can have and is getting people excited and the competition exists from some really important big players. We've got telepresence robots <laughs> that are getting people excited and getting very large companies investing in them. And we've got companies like Netflix, at least according to Ian, effectively stealing the show. It's a very interesting year. A few things I've got on note that we didn't get to that I thought was quite interesting that there are a lot of wireless earbuds, earphones, which is fantastic. Companies like Onkyo are making wireless earbuds that I'm very excited about, um, having just finally invested in my first pair of very good Bluetooth headphones. We've also got more spherical video cameras um, from a number of companies being shown off. That's exciting because spherical video is supported by Facebook and YouTube and is arguably the next big thing in consumer photography, the ability to be able to film a 
and video. useful VR. Exactly. It's all tied in with that. Lenovo is getting rid of the Motorola brand. I think is, that's a terrible, terrible mistake. It's it's a, as much a terrible mistake of, as when Microsoft got rid of the Nokia brand. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot that was being shown off in the likes of OLED, OLED televisions and uh, bendable and translucent screens from Panasonic and LG and a bunch of others. But we haven't got time to get to those. Safe to say it's been an interesting show. Um, but Ian, if you could sum up this year's CES in one or two adjectives what, or words in general how would you summarize this year's show it's just a, such a it's always so weird ces like you, you know you go with expectations of this that and the other and they're almost always not met like there were nowhere near the amount of tvs i expected to launch um you know so i don't know it's it's both disappointing and incredibly exciting at the same time all right well i'll let that pass in the interest of time um ian it's been a pleasure we will be back next week with our regular shows starting up again thank you for bearing with us over the break um we did need a little bit of a rest and time wasn't on either of our sides what with families and not being at home and various other factors there um so uh, looking forward to another year of text message thank you for staying with us thank you for all the reviews on itunes do keep them coming and um ian it's been a pleasure as always absolutely mate love it Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.